This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the Hill Country Authors Podcast. Not only is the Texas Hill Country the most beautiful place in Texas, but it also has some of the best writers in Texas. On this podcast series, I'm going to explore writers in literally all genres of writing, both fiction and nonfiction. I hope you'll join me in this journey. Today, Karen Jones on writing historical fiction. Today, I have with me K.S. Jones. She is an author extraordinaire and resident of the Hill Country, and we're going to visit about two of those loves, book writing, maybe three, book reading, and the Hill Country. Should I go K.S. or Karen? Karen, please. All right, Karen. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. It's nice to be here with you, Tom. I know I've done a little bit of background research on you, so I know you didn't grow up in the Hill Country, but it also got the sense that where you did grow up has heavily influenced your writing. So could you start off by telling us where you grew up and how that influences your writing? Absolutely. I actually grew up in California. My parents were originally from Oklahoma and Arkansas, but in the 1930s, during America's Great Depression, they migrated to California ending up in the San Joaquin Valley near Bakersfield, which also happens to be the place that the Jode family from the grapes ended up. So there my family started a cotton farm, and it was on that farm that I was born and raised. Our property was also just a few hours south of Sutter's Mill, which is the spot where gold was first discovered in 1848. In fact, that's what sparked the California gold rush. All that to say, I grew up in the midst of history, and my parents immersed us kids in the events of the past around us. I, have a, I had an aunt and uncle who lived in Bakersfield for many years. And so I've been to Bakersfield. And I don't know if you still follow property around Bakersfield, but Bakersfield is one of the hottest properties for homes in California now. And I've even read that Bakersfield is cool. How about that? Buck Owens would be proud to hear that. <laughs> that he would. That he would. You have been writing almost all of your life. But what led you to turn to writing as a profession? In growing up, our farmhouse, it was actually an old schoolhouse from the late 1800s. And my grandparents renovated it into a farmhouse. And so it was stocked with over 5,000 books. So reading was a given. But writing was right there, too. My father worked the farm until the heat of the day drove him indoors. And then he wrote stories and articles for magazines like True West, Argosy, and lots of treasure hunting magazines. He saved the money he earned from that writing and took us, which was mom, dad, and five kids at the time, on a two-week vacation in the summer camping. We toured all the Southwest, California, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, all the states that were within driving distance. Now, during that same time, my mother worked as a newspaper reporter, but dad saved all of his money from writing to take us on those vacations. I always knew, probably because of that environment, that I would be a writer, and that sincerely. Before I was old enough to read, when I was the youngest at the time, and so after all the other kids would leave for school, my mom would be cleaning up the kitchen after their breakfast, and I would sit at the kitchen table looking at the Peanuts comic strip in the newspaper. I would ask my mom what the comic strip 
and being too busy at the moment to stop and read it to me, she'd say, look at the pictures and then you tell me what you think it says. So I did. So I guess I learned how to write fiction before I learned how to read. When I was a very young boy, we lived in Houston. And at that time in Houston, they read the Sunday funny papers on the radio Sunday morning. And my father worked in the oil field six days a week, but Sunday was our day with him. And he would sit down with us and we would read the, listen to the radio and read the funny papers, what we now call the comics. And that's how I learned to read. Exactly. Exactly. That's fascinating. I've never actually heard anyone else who had such a huge impact on them made by those funny papers. So that's a great story. And I learned to count playing Crazy Eight. So there you go. What brought you and your family to the Hill Country? Interestingly enough, in talking about radio, like you just did, my husband is Richard Lee, who had a long career as a country music radio announcer with ABC Radio Networks. We lived north of Dallas when he retired, but a short time after his retirement, he connected with Mark Grubbs, who is the local owner of the Ranch Radio Group here in Kerrville. Before I knew it, we were moving to the beautiful Texas Hill Country, where Richard joined the ranch as their morning show host. He had a great seven years with the ranch before he retired a second time in 2020. So that's how we got here. So I'd like to turn to your writing now because you use historical fiction. And you use it, obviously, to tell stories, but you use it to explore some really different and interesting topics. Could maybe start with, why do you use the vehicle of historical fiction, or perhaps why does it fascinate you so much? I love history. I've always loved history. But what I love more is stories about the past. What I mean by that is that no one knows every person's own true history. There's lots of people from the Old West or from ancient times or from the mid-50s, for instance, but we don't know their own story. But through the art of historical fiction, a writer can take the known facts of an era and create a story about the person who might have lived during that time. And they might come pretty close to what could have actually happened to such a person. If done well... Historical fiction is a look back in time, and I don't know how anybody could resist reading those stories. You were able to wed this love of history into historical fiction with, I think, almost a memoir type of edition with your book on the Great Depression. Could you tell us about that and how your mother's stories and tales really helped drive you to that topic and inform that book? Historical accuracy is really paramount in my story. If I can't prove it to myself, then I don't write it. I'll turn the story another way until I'm able to write what I can prove, be that historical artifacts or whether or not, for instance, an alarm clock existed during that time period. If it's in my book, I can assure you, even though I've written a fictional story, that the facts from that era are as accurate as anyone could possibly make them, because I will research it to the nth degree until I am confident that I have that right, or as right as anyone could possibly have it. So it's really important to me. 
Shadow of the Hawk, I think that was your first book, but it was certainly your first book to win an award. So could you tell us, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me it's almost a love affair. And you with the book, certainly with its reception. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us about that? Shadow of the Hawk was my debut novel in 2015. And it is a story that is set in the Great Depression, during the Great Depression in Arkansas. Although it is entirely fiction, it was born from my mother's own true stories about growing up in Arkansas in the 1920s and 1930s, which was a lot different then than it is now. She loved to tell stories, and I listened to every word of how and why things happened the way that they did. And just like she taught me to do with the funny papers, with the comic strips, I create fictionalized characters and I put them into similar situations. But again, because I have this weird need to be historically accurate, it took me 15 years to research and write that novel, even though I was basing it on years of notes that I had personally taken in listening to my mom's stories. Now, after the publication of Shadow of the Hawk, I was awarded several literary awards, much to my surprise. I received the Willa Literary Award from Women Writing the West. The book won the Chaucer Award, the Roney Award, and the Literary Classics International Book Award. So it really skyrocketed beyond what I ever dreamed that it could. And I'm, I'm thrilled about that because I know that it was based on all the stories that my mother had told me while I was growing up. So it, it has a very special place in my heart. So you've also written about the California Gold Rush and the impact it had on California, the United States, but also a very personal story about what I think is a very strong-willed woman. Could you tell us about that Change of Fortune. That was an amazing and fun novel to write. From a young girl growing up in California, one of my favorite places on earth is the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. Now, when I was growing up in the San Joaquin Valley, we could actually see the Sierra Nevada mountains from our farm. Can't do that anymore. Certainly not as well, but we used to visit there. We used to visit the Coloma area, Sutter's Mill area. And I was fascinated by the gold rush, and almost all of the stories that I would hear were about the men, the gold mining men, who came from all over the world in droves for that gold. I used to imagine the women and wonder what stories they could tell, but you didn't hear a lot of those. So when the opportunity arose, I wrote Change of Fortune, which is actually about a refined young woman who starts the first restaurant in a rough and wild gold. The book was released last February by Five Star Publishing, and within hours, it rose to the top 100 in American historical romances on Amazon, and it's now in its third printing. Although I have to say, I did not write the story as a romance. I actually wrote it as historical fiction, but the character does fall in love. And because of their relationship, it was tagged romance. And with it being in its third printing and ranking so highly on the American historical romances, 
I'll take it. Quinn is the protagonist and the lead female character. Did she? Did her romance take over the story? Because I've written, at times I've written where a character goes, I don't want to say on their own because I'm the one writing it, but in a very different direction than I thought it was going. Oh, no, you're exactly right, Tom. The characters take me on the journey. It's not vice versa. They take me where they want to go. And it's my job as a writer to follow them. I know there's lots of different writing techniques, and a lot of folks say that they plan out every single page action event in their book before they ever start creative writing on it. That's not how I work. I hear my characters, and they tell me that they have a story to tell, and so I go along with them. I listen to what they say. I try to see what they see. So you are absolutely 100% right. And in this case, I didn't expect Quinn to fall in love at all during the story. She does get married early in the story, but that's certainly not a love story and doesn't end up that way. And it ends pretty quickly, frankly. So I, I had to follow her down the path to find out that she actually fell in love. It was a great surprise to me. I was absolutely thrilled with it. The characters are very strong in that book. Your next book, Black Lightning, took a little bit different turn, if, if I could phrase it that way. You moved to a middle grade sci-fi, but I saw a lot of spirituality in that book. Could you tell us a little bit about that book? Yes, you're so good at this, Tom. Black Lightning, it's kind of a funny story, actually. I started out intending to write novels for middle grade readers. What that means is a book geared toward 7 to 12-year-olds, for example. Black Lightning was actually written before Shadow of the Hawk, but it was published the year after It's a great book, by the way, about a young boy who's sent to live with his grandfather in Arizona, which is where I actually lived when I wrote that novel. And that's where some of the authenticity from the Arizona setting and the culture comes from. It includes a wonderful Chiricahua Apache family who befriends the boy. But then when a bolt of black lightning strikes, the boy and his Apache friend are transported to an ethereal place and together they must find their way back home. So all of the story was centered in the place where I lived, which was Arizona, and took in all the culture that I was in such awe of. And of course, part of that culture was the Chiricahua Apache. And so that that was a great novel to write, but it actually happened before Shadow of the Hawk. So I went from middle grade to young adult slash adult, and I've never gone back to middle grade. I also know, as we had to schedule this podcast, you've been working on your next book. So I was wondering if you might be able to give us a little bit of a teaser about it. Oh, you bet. I'm really excited to announce that I'm under contract with one of the fastest growing publishers in America, and that's Wolfpack Publishing. They'll release my next book in the coming months, tentatively titled A Reason to Believe, But then after that comes my first series in its contemporary Western romances, all of which are set here in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. So are there any other kind of genres, areas, or just 
things you'd like to explore in your writing that you haven't had the chance to do so far, Karen? Actually, right now, I'm keenly interested in my Hill Country novels. They're modern-day stories featuring strong Texas women who've given up on love, only to find that these Texas men are just too good to give up. And writing the romances and the stories that are set here with real people in modern-day times is just absolutely wonderful. It's a pleasure to write these books, and I'm really excited to, to see where they go. Well, Karen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we go, I have a special bonus question for you. I am a relatively new resident to the Hill Country. My wife and I just had our first year anniversary here. But what do you enjoy the most about the Texas Hill Country? Oh, gosh, Tom, it's the land. The whole Edwards Plateau is unique. It took millions of years for this land to erode into this hilly terrain that we call home. We've got underground lakes and caverns, and then granite domes and limestone layers where natural springs surface through the cracks. The hill country is a marvel to me, and I could stay right here on our beautiful little six acres of land and find stories to write around every corner. It's an amazing place to live, and welcome to the hill country. Thank you. Karen, if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, your work, or any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast, what would be the best place for them? The best place to find me is at my website, which is K, as in Karen, ksjones.com. But I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of the links are on my website, and I'm always happy to hear from readers and writers alike. Karen, I've really enjoyed this podcast recording, and I greatly look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having me on your show today. I love your Hill Country podcasts, and I really enjoy being part of the amazing lineup of guests. So thank you so much for having me. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hill Country Authors Podcast. I hope you'll join me again in a couple of weeks where I have another Hill Country author to visit with. The Hill Country Podcast has a sister podcast, which is the Hill Country Podcast. We are both proud members of the Hill Country Podcast Network. I hope you will check us out. Thanks so much for listening.